Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details the fan anytime anywhere download the radio.com app and favorite us today and if you have a smart speaker just say play wfan mike's on he's ready to go on the fan new york sports radio mike's on mike's on to get you the sports and it went any can it's mike francis On this Friday night, May the 29th, we take you right up until 7 o'clock. Brought to you, as always, by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. Uh, as we said, we'll take you until uh, JJ at 7 this evening. As we say goodbye to the month of May, and it's been another crazy month, but we just keep uh, following them away, one right after the other. Uh, now we start to see sports take a... You know, at least a step or two in the right direction. It's not fast. None of this is fast. The NHL now has a system. The NBA is moving closer to a system and a date. You heard today they'd like to get started by July 31st. Uh, It's going to be a very busy August. It's going to be a very busy September. Don't be surprised if the NFL even backs things up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. Don't be surprised if college football starts later than originally uh, thought because we're not sure where anything's going as far as uh, campuses and stuff uh, as far as September goes. Um, you're going to get a nice weekend. It was a nice day today. It was a little, I mean, it was a little overcast early, but uh, by 11 o'clock or so, it was nice. Tomorrow's going to be Saturday, uh, sunny and 80. Sunday's going to be sunny and 70. Monday's going to be sunny and 70. So, if you have a chance, if you're still working from home, if you're not you know, back working every day yet, then get out and enjoy it. At least that's something you can do for a while each day, which is a little different. Um, as we said, the NHL, you heard us with Lamarillo yesterday, uh, and they have the 24 teams right to the playoffs, close the books on the regular season. The NBA has put forth a bunch of different plans. It looks like they're headed right to the playoffs you know, there's still a debate about using some of those. They're not going to play the whole regular season. There's too many games. That's not a realistic plan. It would take them about six weeks to play the regular season. It's just crazy. They can't do that. So they could decide rather than to have exhibition games or scrimmages, they could use the last five games on the schedule as games. But that brings everybody back. And teams that don't want to go to the play, that aren't going to the playoffs don't want to come back. 
which I completely understand. Why risk injury? Why bring guys back if they're not going to the postseason anyway? I don't think it's fair to them. They've been out a long time. Why have them get into that kind of shape? Why have them work that hard if they're not even going to the postseason? So, or they have very little chance to go to the postseason. So unless you're going to put together a loser bracket where they all get a chance, which is a possibility, then at least you have a scenario where you brought them back for a reason. I think if you're going to put the team back in action in any sport, you have to give them a chance to play in the postseason because otherwise there's too much work to be done to knock off the rust and get back just to play a couple of games. That wouldn't be worth it. And then we have the sport that is trying to start and continues to stumble over its own problems and its own animosities and its own greed and everything else. And right now, it doesn't look very positive. But the one thing you're hanging on to here is the idea that sooner or later, the better angels on both sides are going to realize, hey, we serve a very big purpose here. We have to be bigger than just ourselves in this one case and find a way to come up with an agreement. You still feel, I know a lot of the people that even I've talked to in the sport told me they, they still feel that will happen. Even right now where they admit they are at complete loggerheads, they admit they think that will happen. I don't know how they get there. They seem uh, a million miles apart, and you have players who have the sentiment of a Scherzer, and there's others like them who have basically said, why even bother? So it doesn't look very good right now. But again, hard to believe that in what is going on in this country. And if we ever needed sports, if we ever needed something else to have a little interest in or something to divert our attention away from the news, you know, we've all watched way too much about dying and pandemics and disease and now we watched what's gone on, the craziness, and that's the only word for it, that we have watched in Minnesota the last four or five days or three or four days, whatever it's been now, from what we watched in the beginning to what we watched last night. I mean, it's just, really, we need something. We, we really, we do. We need to have sports back. We need a diversion because, boy, it is just a mess, uh, you know, and more and more. More and more, the polarization, the craziness that's going on. I mean, it's just, we could use, we can use the, the, we can use the version, we can use the help in any area. We really could. You know, um, what you've seen so far that has given all these leagues such an, such a boost, such a uh, motivation to come back is the ratings, and no matter what you've seen, have been tremendous. It doesn't have to be that compelling a sporting event for it to get right now a lot of attention. That's how starved people are for a sporting event. Remember, they've gone months and months and months here now, going on three months without a sporting event. Even the Tiger Phil thing, and you heard Phil wants to make it a yearly thing now, come up with some plans. I saw one of the things was Michael, who's a good golfer, not a great golfer, he's a good golfer. And uh, Phil, despite the fact that Tiger and Michael are closer, they're trying to put Charles with 
Tiger, Charles can't – listen, Charles would be wonderful for that event because of his personality. He can't play golf with those guys. There's, he's just terrible. I mean, you can't put him out there. I mean, that, if you think Tom Brady stunk the place up, they, they, listen, you, you're not even – he can't – he wouldn't even be competitive. You can't put him out there. He's a dreadful golfer. He does a good job broadcasting because he's a character. But he can't, you cannot put him out there. Now, Curry – they say Curry's a good, pretty good player. I've never seen him play. They say he can handle it. You know, they can uh, play pretty well. Has a pretty good game. So maybe you try Curry as the fourth guy and put Curry, Jordan, and Tiger together because they belong together because they've been buddies for years. And then you put uh, – because, you know, Tiger used to run around with Jordan and Barkley a lot. Now, Jordan and Barkley have hit the skids, as you know from the documentary. But those three used to be very tight. So, but Jordan and Tiger were tight. So you put those two together and put Phil with a Curry. Maybe that works. Or I like the idea of, of, of taking two of the younger pros. And Justin Thomas was very good in his role as an analyst the other day. He was glib. He's a good player. Take him and McElroy if you want. McElroy's a better player than Ricky Fowler. That's why I use him. He's a champion. Ricky just doesn't have the... You know, doesn't have the resume. So put a McElroy and, and Thomas, put them together and let the old guys have to work hard to try and win. Now, McElroy and Justin Thomas be favored. They're in their prime. They hit it a little farther. They're a little cleaner. They, you know, they hit the fairways more. They're in the, you know, they're, they're in the prime of their career. But the old guys could beat them on their best day, and Tiger and Phil, if you're going to use golf, still bring a magnetism to the sport that works. So you need both of them there. So I like the idea of a McElroy and Justin Thomas head up against Tiger and Phil as a team. I think that works. I think you could do that one year. And maybe you could get uh, Jordan and Curry or Jordan and uh, LT. I don't know if people would use LT now if they feel he's got you know, too many things in his past that people would object to. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you could dust them off or, or find another guy. I mean, there's other guys of that magnitude I'm sure you could put in there who are pretty good golfers. I'd have to check. You know, there's some guys I know who are good golfers, but they're not the biggest stars. You know, when you had those tournaments years ago, Rick Roden was always really good. Pierre LaRouche was always really good. Al Del Greco was always really good, but they are not big stars. And I'll say you can't really use them. But um, got to be somebody out there. Got to be a quarterback out there that hits it pretty well. I hear Verlander hits it pretty well. Maybe you could use him. Uh, there's got to be a quarterback out there. I don't know how good Aaron Rodgers hits it. You know, somebody like that you could use. But you know, you'll find someone who's who is good enough to play and put him in the fourth slot, and away you go. You got college starting to move now too, trying to move in the right direction. And you know what you could have out of all this is, you know, for years and years and years. I heard there was going to be, this is going back to the 70s, when I used to do college football uh, for CBS and do college football nationally and, you know, do, do books on college football and do a lot of, spend a lot of time on college football, 70s, 80s. And there was a thought then that you were going to have eventually a Super 60, which was going to be these 60 schools that were the power athletic programs, and all of them played major football. So that included like a Duke, 
even though we're a Kentucky, that weren't great football teams. Just like there's a couple, like in Indiana, might not have been a great ba- uh, football team. They played basketball. There's a couple that were good, in, but they played the other sports. You just had to be one of those major conferences, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12. Uh, Pac okay, at the time there were 60. Now there's like 65 of those schools, and those schools were going to separate. They were going to separate away from the rest of the NCAA. And now, finally, because their economics are so different, maybe that finally would be happening. Well, maybe there would be some blessing with the NCAA where they would move away to some point but still share enough to be come back in, be under the umbrella of the same thing with the basketball tournament and stuff like that. Maybe there's a way they could do both. But the economics of these schools, these super schools that are in these Power Five, the Power Five conferences, these schools average for, uh, average sports revenues in the area of about $62 million per school each year. And that funds everything. And most of it's funded by football. They get some money from the NCAA tournament, but most of it's funded by football. There are exceptions. You know, there's schools that are very, you know, there's Kansas as a, as a, as a big basketball versus football. There's Duke, but Duke football isn't bad. I mean, there's uh, Indiana, which, of course, has, you know, there's, there's a couple of schools that, you know, Kentucky, you know, that always football is going to, you know, not be the big sport. And the basketball programs are just immense. I mean, North Carolina is, you know, big in both UCLA's, big in both, you can go on and on. But the point is, there's always going to be a couple of those, but they're all still in the same vein, the power five. And they are trying to, in this very strange time, see if they need to move away and do some different things in terms of how they handle athletes, how they pay athletes, and how they raise income and raise revenue and share revenue in the years to come. So in this very different time, I mean, there's been all kinds of plans mentioned. There's been talk of starting the college football season in November and playing it until March because they don't really like the idea of not having fans. You know, if you're used to having 100,000 people in your building every week and you only play a handful of games, the idea of not playing in front of fans is, you know, despite the fact you do get some good money, and there's money at the end of the year with football, money from, like, there's Big Ten Network money, there's playoff money, there's all, there is network money. Not to the level, say, of the, of the NFL or anything, but there's a lot of revenue streams, but they still make a tremendous amount of money from gate receipts and from the things that are surrounding that signage and parking and sponsors and, you know, and concessions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And even, you know, things you wouldn't even think about, you know, charging people to park close to the building, to tailgate, charging people to hook up their Winnebago for three days before the game and get the premier spot and pay thousands of dollars for that. I mean, there's so many different things that go on at these schools that you would never even think of because it's just a different way of life. But it is a very, very big business, and it has been impacted dramatically like every other business has. So all these sports, they're all finding it very difficult, none more than baseball because there is such animosity between the two sides and so much money to have the top players fighting about.
they're in a different level. The NBA and the NHL are definitely coming back. I think we know that now. Look for them around the end of July. It's going to be an interesting August and September with them as they crown champions. They're going to put forth some very interesting games. I think it'll be very exciting. I look forward to it. And you would hope baseball would do the right thing because if they do the wrong thing, they will pay for it for a very long time. And so will the peripheral businesses that revolve around baseball will feel that pinch for a very long time. All right, before we get a break, let me get my uh, guys in for this date. 529 for Bernie today. It is 529-2000. Yankees beat the A's 4-1. Bernie... uh, off to a really good start this year. He goes two for four with two runs scored, two RBIs. He hits his 11th home run. He had a triple, his 11th home run. Had 42 RBIs on this date. For a guy who was a slow, store, a scorer, a, a slow starter, he never had a year like this before. As a matter of fact, this year, 2000, Bernie went on to the highest home run totals and RBI totals of his career. He scored, he hit 30 home runs for the only time in his career. He was always a 25, 26, 27 guy, but he hit 30 for the only time, and he knocked in 121 runs, which was his all-time high. Five times he knocked in 100 runs. This was his all-time high, 121. Eight times he scored 100. He scored over 100 this year. He batted over 300. He had a wonderful season. At this point, he was 294, 361 on this May 29th as he went soaring into July and had, in terms of homers and RBIs, his biggest season. That was in the year 2000. You remember what happened in 2000? Of course you do. Now, 529, 1954. Yankees beat the Red Sox 10-2. to Remember, the Yankees won 103 games this year, but don't go to the World Series because the Indians have one of the great teams of all time. On this date, Mickey went 3-for-4, four, scored three runs, knocked in two, had three hits, three runs scored, two uh, RBIs. For the season, though, he was off to, for him, a slow start. 8-22, 3-0-3 was where he was at this point in the season. Wasn't one of his greatest seasons. It was the first year that he wouldn't experience the World Series. And on this date, went three for four, though, against the Red Sox uh, up in Fenway Park as the Yankees won. But as he said, the Yankees went on to win 103 games that year. Quite a number, but not enough as the Indians won 111. All right, as the sports start to come back, you know, you keep hearing from everybody that, uh, you know, getting back to normal. We are so far from normal. I mean, we aren't even, we don't even have our toe in the water yet. I mean, first of all, New York doesn't even get to phase one till June 8th. We're just in phase one here on Long Island. I mean, nothing is open yet. I mean, the stores that I frequent, they tell me they're still not doing 20% of their business. Until you have the Long Island Railroad running, until you have subways running, until you have some, you know, traffic again and have people in the, in the city streets and have that big city moving again uh, until we have some sports back on a daily basis. We're not back. I mean, listen, we are better than we were, no question. But we are so far from back. I mean, we, are, we really are still in – we just took the ball out of our own end zone and we are now on about the eight-yard line. And we have 92 yards to travel to normalcy. We have a long, long way to go. And you just take it one step at a time. It's all we can do and hope for the best. 
and hope the outcomes are right and do the things that they ask us to do. Just be smart and, you know, get out there. Hopefully you can get your business back open, whatever it is, whatever your business is. Hopefully if it's a small business, you're really getting, you know, which is the ones we all really are concerned about, get them back up and open. You know, what makes sense. Uh, I don't know how many casualties there's going to be in businesses. Uh, uh, Most of the people I've talked to who are are in their own self-made businesses, most of them are still operating or they're getting ready to, to open up again. I haven't had heard any of them yet saying they're not going to stay in business. Uh, I'm sure there's some that will be that will be a casualty. Uh, first of all, you know that when you're dealing with small businesses, a certain number of them fail every year anyway. Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the world we live in. There's competition. Businesses come and go. But um, this had to be a heck of a hit for a lot of different businesses, and it's going to be a while. It really is. Um, just keep our fingers crossed. That's all we can do. And it will be, it really will help if we do get some games that are part of it each and every night. You know, I think we've all exhausted the uh, Netflix and uh, all the different streaming services, whichever one you want to comment on. There's enough of them out there. I mean, my God, I'm not going to play favorites here and talk about all the different ones. There's, there's too many of them right now. But uh, I think we've all exhausted a whole bunch of them because the, we've seen pretty much everything that's on. I've watched a lot more of those uh, you know, made-for-TV series than I ever thought I would watch. That's for sure. You know, I've seen a couple of good ones. I still say Ozark was the best. I think that was the best. And we, uh, if you watched that one, I thought that was very interesting. I've seen a couple of decent movies. Nothing, nothing great. You know, really, uh, I have some friends who are in the movie business, and they're not back making movies yet. You know, they hope to go back soon. They haven't, they haven't been working the last couple of months. They, you know, big operations have been shut down, so that's the way it is, as in most industries. All right, we'll get your calls in. We have a half hour to take calls, so I'll get as many as I can. So line them up, get in, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you, whatever's on your mind is fair game. Ralph and Yonkers, what's up, Ralph? Hey, Keith and Mike, how's everything? Good, what's happening? Uh, Mike, I just want to kind of discuss uh, what's going on now with what we see as protests, uh, peaceful protests, which really was on my mind. Uh, now, when this first started a few years ago, there was a lot of pushback. I'm not sure what your feeling was on it about kneeling, etc. I find that to be a peaceful protest, and I think it's preferable to what we've been seeing. Uh, what do you think about athletes who, who may now uh, engage in that? I don't know. What, like I said, I don't know what you thought before, but it's a different world now. Um, I have not. I know there's been a, a couple. I've, I've heard a couple player, uh, players speak out about what happened in Minnesota, and they have every right to speak out about that because there's no way to defend it. There's not a way in the world. I mean, I don't know how anybody could defend it in, in a million years. So no one's going to – at least I'm not going to try. That's for sure. Um, as, the, the as to whether – well, wait, wait, but, but as to why that would have to – as to why that would have to be part of, say, the NFL game. 
I don't think that needs to go. I, I think there's better ways for these guys to use their celebrity and use their position in their cities than there is just to kneel down before the national anthem. I don't think that is I don't think that is what is the best way for them to do it. I think they'd be much better suited, and thanks for the call, if they if they would use their celebrity in the given city they're in, whatever player you seem to be talking about, whether it's basketball or football or whatever, to see if they can do something to create a better relationship in the city between the police and the population. And if you're dealing specifically with the minority population, deal with that. So if they can do something and utilize their celebrity, their popularity, uh, you know, they're very recognizable, they're very popular. If they can somehow be a conduit to lead the, to foster better relations in those cities, that would be a great positive. I think that would be a much better way to help the situation than to just say kneel down on Sunday because I think that gets lost. I really do because that becomes a debate and then that becomes a patriotic thing and it becomes about the flag and, and, and really stuff gets lost in there because people say, well, you know, I fought for that flag, so I don't want that to be the place where it's done. And that's losing sight of what the issue was. So to me, I would rather, and and listen, like I said, they have every right to speak out. Anyone has every right to speak out. It doesn't matter about color. I heard, I've seen black athletes speak out in the last 24 hours, 48 hours. I've seen white athletes speak out. In the, I saw Joe Burrow speak out. I saw Steve Kerr speak out. I saw different guys speak out. So it didn't matter what color you are. To speak out about a wrong, it was a wrong. That needed to be righted. There's no question. There's no excuse for what we watched. There's no explanation for what we watched. It was horrific. We all know that. No one needs to tell us any of that. Now, did I like what I saw last night? Of course not. None of us like that. None of us want to see our cities burn. I remember as a little boy watching that happen in the 60s. None of us want to see that. None of us want to see our, our country that divided, that divisive. Uh, Paul in South Amboy. What's up, Paul? Michael, how you doing, sir? Good. What's happening? Hey, uh, I'll, I'll catch you. When you were talking about a, a similar related issue, which was Colin Kaepernick, and you know, is it appropriate to kneel or not? And there was a word that you used back then that you filled in a gap for me, and I thank you for that. When somebody's kneeling like that, it with the Star Spangled, I mean, with the, uh, the, the the American flag right there in the game, there is. When I look at that, there is no correlation between the two. When I'm looking and I'm seeing a guy kneeling down while the while they were seeing the Star Spangled Banner, I, I'm not thinking of oppression. It, it, the visual is all wrong. They don't correlate to each other. And I just wondered if what your thoughts were. No, I think that's you see. I think that's what well, well, someone just brought up. And thanks for the call, Paul. Someone just brought up that I think that that would lead to players kneeling again. 
First, I don't know if that will lead to that or not. We'll have to wait and see. But where I don't think that's the best way to handle this, if they're kneeling to send a message and we're beginning, remember, at the beginning, the idea of the kneeling was to make people be reminded of the way the minorities were being treated by the police. Okay? My point was, I don't think kneeling before the anthem is the best way to do that because then it brings in a lot of flag stuff, a lot of patriotic stuff, and people who fought in the war have a different, especially the veterans who gave their time, their effort. Some people gave parts of their bodies. Some people know people who gave their lives and people in their family gave their lives. The point is they sacrificed and they have a strong feeling about the flag, as we all do. And it's not the same message. The message got lost there, I felt. While I think that if those guys were going to use their celebrity or use their popularity in a given city to see if they can be a conduit, you know, if it's LeBron James or it's uh, Mahomes or whoever you want to say, and that guy can say, hey, I'm going to try and bring the inner city and the police department together and see if I can make it a better relationship. And that would be something that would be very helpful. I would think that would, it's not, it might not solve every problem, but it will foster growth and maybe foster a better relationship, more so than, say, just having everybody kneel before the anthem, which some people are not going to take as being part of the same issue. That's the point. Is it the best way to send the message? And like I said, I have no problem with seeing anybody, be he a athlete, a coach, or anybody, make a comment about what he saw and be unhappy or be, you know, very upset with what he watched happen in Minnesota. I understand that. You don't have to be black to feel that that was a horrific action. It was a horrific action. There's no way around it. None of us want to see that happen. None of it, we all know that there had to be there had to be justice done for that action. But also none of us want to see turn on the TV last night and see the city burning down. Tim in Connecticut, what's up, Tim? Mike, uh, going to Catholic school for thirteen years, um, mm-hmm. I learned that kneeling down was a part of respect. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, I'd like to know, Mike, what was this officer thinking? Well, I, I, how would I be? He committed a criminal uh, act. How would well, I know what he I, was thinking? Everybody and their brother was filming this. Well, forget that. It was a criminal action. I mean, he's, he's, oh, he, he, the, guy is, the guy has got a job to do. The guy is, his job is to protect people, not to hurt people. He, it was over twenty uh, $20 counterfeit. Well, I don't care. Listen, again, whether it, unless his life was in danger, that action was outrageous oh. and his life wasn't in danger. So we know it was outrageous. And that's why he's now in jail. But, oh, my God. And that's why, it was, and, and there's not, well, you know, listen, it doesn't matter what it was about. It doesn't matter what the crime was. There was obviously a crime. That's fine. It doesn't matter what the crime was. 
the, the there was no danger for the officer and what the other officers are doing, they're going to have to answer to too because they have to be brought up on charges also. They have to be to allow that to happen. I mean, listen, you cannot, their job is to, it's like a, it's like a, it's a cop to me is like the same thing. A policeman is the same thing as a doctor. Your job is you take an oath and thanks for the call to do no harm. Your job is not to do harm. Your job is to stop harm, not to do harm. In your doctor's case, it's to heal someone the, the best you can, not to do harm. Same thing with the police officer. Your job is not to, it's to keep the peace. It's to protect. It's not to do harm. That's, that's where it's way over the line. There's no way to defend that. Who's the first person I heard from with that? Julio, of course. Who's the first person I knew I'd hear from? You know, in this uh, election year, and obviously we have a uh, presidential election coming up very, very soon, um, the Fed's going to try very hard to keep the stock market propped up, and they've done a huge job of that by putting a tremendous amount of liquidity in there, and they've kept the market much higher than we thought it would be, considering what's going on in our economy. Uh, But some surprising stocks like DraftKings has done, and considering that they came into this time and went public, and when they went public, I'm saying, boy, what a terrible time to go public with no sports, nothing going on, the whole thing, their business basically quiet. The stock has gone crazy. It's, it's up to $40 a share. It's gone from 22 to 40 during this time where there's no sports. It's, it's unbelievable. It really has done incredibly well. So uh, kudos to them. It's done an amazing job. It came public at 22, maybe went down a dollar or something. Uh, you know, I think it's low. Maybe it dipped to 19. Might have dipped at one point to 19. I don't even know if it hit 19. It was in 19 or 20 uh, at its low. But, uh, and now it's up to. Uh, let me see what the lower it, well it went to no I guess there was one day where it did go down to about 10 but that was on one day where we had a crazy bad day but uh, it's back up to 39.70 a close today and then after hours went up a little above $40 a share which is that's unbelievable considering they haven't any sports so uh, really remarkable kudos to those guys for what they've done I mean that's that's pretty surprising I, I would have thought it would be a very tough time to to come public, but they've done uh, very, very well. Um, uh, obviously, I'll see you Sunday morning. We'll do the show from 9 until 1 on, on the fan and on CBS uh, Sports Radio on Sunday morning. We'll do that uh, throughout the month of June um, before we take a summer vacation with that. But um, we will continue that until, uh, at least, uh, until at least through the month of June for a couple more weeks. JJ coming up at 7. Let's squeeze a couple more calls in. Uh, Richard in Manhattan starts us off. What's up, Richard? Hi, Mike. Uh, to your point that we need to return to sports, in yeah. 1968, the Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren was asked, Which part of the newspapers do you go to first? He says, I always go to the sports page first because I can read about about man's successes. He says, if I read the front page of the newspaper, I read about man's failures. So that's how much we need. Well, I mean, if you go to to 68, thanks for the call, Richard. 68 is an example. You had a tremendous trouble in Detroit. And the only thing... As a matter of fact, HBO did a special on it. The only thing that kept that city in any way together was the Tigers. Tigers had a great year. 
They went on to win the World Series. They had a team of some wild guys like Denny McLean, Mickey Lolich, some good black players, uh, some good white players, and they kind of pulled the city together in a city that was, you know, there were a lot of inner cities that were doing really badly. And they did, the HBO special, you can watch it. I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's about the fact that the Tigers basically kept that city together in that summer. And that, that as that city went through all the problems it had, they had the one thing that the city could rally around, which was the Detroit Tigers all, all, all summer long and into the fall. David in Newark. What's up, David? Mike. Mike, what's up? Why has the NFL schedule traditionally always started as early as it does? Because, I mean, you've got these beautiful October days, and I'm struggling with whether to go in and watch the game or to sit outside. Because they want the season over before February has always been the reason, David. I mean, football season has always been. Now, the NFL has always thought of, and thanks for the call, the idea that the perfect world would be if they would start the third week in September and would end up on President's Weekend. That's what they would like to do. That's their perfect, that's been their vision of perfection for many, many years because they don't do well the first two weeks. Their ratings don't get better. The NFL has a very soft opening when the beaches are still going and it's still hot, right, around the 9th or 10th of September. Then it has the opening about week three as... Now you're into summer's over. You're pretty much done with the beach. You're pretty much done with your beachly activities. And then you have your next NFL Open, which is really the Sunday after the World Series is over. And now you're into the real run of the football, which is from late October, early November, right through the Super Bowl. So the NFL has a couple of stages, but I would think the NFL would have no problem this year. And I know that they have put a contingency plan on the board, which they, I'm sure, won't talk about, but they have, that would start them around October 15th, take out the bye week, and would have them finishing up on the 27th of February in Tampa with the Super Bowl. Instead of the first Sunday in uh, February, it would be the last Sunday in February, and that would be on an October 15th start, which is still a possibility. I don't know if it will happen, but I don't think they'd have any problem with that. If that could get them people in the ballparks because remember we have to you know every day you see one of these companies talking about a pandemic or talking about a vaccine remember just because they start to say they had a little success they get a big run on their stock but that doesn't mean that they're going to make it we still have to wait but hopefully one of these companies there's so many companies around the world and in america chasing a answer an answer to this disease to this you know pandemic that hopefully one will come up with it that's what we really need when we have that then we're back then the concerts are back then broadway's back then you know every stadium is back every every game is back it's all war it's back to the old days once we have a vaccine steve and quorum what's up steve go ahead steve I'm sorry, I apologize. Go ahead. Give me one more. I'll give you one more chance. Go ahead. Sorry, we lost them. Chris and Ocean, what's up, Chris? Hey, Mike. One of your themes from very early on uh, was that until we have a vaccine or a drug, 
right. that it will be very difficult for sports and for anything to go back to normal. And I'm it will be. The city it will be. Well, we won't have we won't have anybody in stands until then. That's for sure. Well, in the city in general, uh, talking about June, mid June now, um, I thought you were right then, and I think it's still true because we're still not anywhere on that. Have oh, you that there's no, there's no, there's, there's no. Listen, if you don't have to go back, and or you have a reason not to go back, like you have some kind of illness, or you have something to your immune system, or you're over a certain age. I would not recommend getting in in a subway car or or a Long Island Railroad car or isn't a the, path train or an elevator part? or an elevator. Well, isn't the threat level still the same right now in that regard? I would think so. I mean, I do. I do it's think it's now. Now it, it might be a little less because of the heat. I don't know. There's been some talk of maybe the heat would dissipate it. I don't know enough about that to know if the heat will dissipate it. That's why some people say it'll come back in November. But I agree with you on that. That nothing's changed there. I agree with that. I I personally would tell you I would not get on a train or a subway car or go sit in a stadium until we have. An answer to the uh, to the drug. I, I, I an answer to the virus in some way with a medicine or something because there's no reason to risk it. I I, I don't want to make somebody sick. I don't want to get somebody else sick. I don't want to get sick. I mean, so I don't have to risk that. So there's no reason if you don't have to risk it. Now, if you're 30 years old, or you're 25 years old, or you're 35 years old, and you don't have any elderly or sick people at home, I don't think you're going to do anybody any damage as long as you take care of yourself. Uh, you can take the run at it because even if you get sick, it's not going to be that bad. Uh, but I can think I if you, you if, too, but if you get into those categories, I think you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. What would the NFL do with their season if there's a second wave? Have you heard anything? I don't think anybody, Steve, knows what will happen. I think what will, aver- what will first happen is if we start to see the numbers ratchet up, I think we will try to combat it without doing anything. I think nothing will change, and the hospitals will try and see if they can handle it. If it starts to look like the hospitals are going to overflow, they're going to have to put another pause on. So, I oh, listen, I, and I don't think, Steve, I don't think you're going to see anybody at ball games. I think, you know, I don't think sports is coming back from a – I don't think sports, and thanks for the call, concerts, sports, uh, Broadway, I don't think any of that's coming back until you have drugs, until you have either therapeutics or a vaccine. I don't think Broadway – I don't think Broadway's coming back till at least January, maybe longer. I don't think – I think the sporting events that are coming back this year are coming back without fans in the stands. I don't think there's going to be any concerts. I don't think anything where we're wall-to-wall and elbow-to-elbow inside a building is going to happen. And I think you will see far less people. I think you will have people traveling the, the, the trains and the getting on the elevators and getting in the subways who don't have a serious risk. You know, if you're 20 years old, I don't think you have a serious risk. As long as you're not going to bring a germ home to somebody who does have a serious risk. You've got to take that into account. But I think from that standpoint, if you, you have to do what's right for you. Listen, they can't keep the economy closed till next December. It's not going to last. First of all, they're not going to pay everybody to sit out all this time. Remember, you've given people all, what has happened here, what has saved us, is the fact that the Fed stepped in and Congress stepped in from the beginning and put an incredible amount of money on the table. 
and, and basically said, hey, we're going to lose this much in the economy. Here's this much money to cover all of it. And that's what they've done so far. But that won't continue forever. That's going to end. And remember, they still haven't covered the states yet. And the states are losing. There's going to come a time very soon where the states aren't going to be able to pay teachers and firemen and policemen and hospital workers and bridge and tunnel people and all different things. And they're going to have to figure out a way to get the money from somewhere. Either they're going to have to get it from Congress or they're going to have to float bonds in their own states. They're going to have to come up with some way to come up with the money. I heard Cuomo say that New York right now is $61 billion in the red. That money's got to come from somewhere. Otherwise, he can't have a budget. He can't pay teachers and firemen and first responders and cops and everyone else. I mean, those people have to be paid. That's a big bill. The MTA uh, shortfall is like $9 billion. So that money's got to come from somewhere. So we need to open up businesses so that we have sales tax and we have revenue coming in. Plus, Congress is going to have to help. And they might give the states a chance to print their own money too. Where they, well, meaning that they let them float bonds and let people buy bonds. That, that's been done in the past. We'll see how that works. All right, we'll see you Sunday morning. Uh, have a very good weekend. Enjoy what's going to be some beautiful weather. Uh, Casamigos Tequila, as always, sponsors the program. Brought to you by those who drink it. JJ's next. Enjoy. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.